The Guardian. Hello and welcome to Music Weekly, coming to you from Glastonbury 2013. I'm Alexis Petridis. And I'm Kieran Yates. On today's roundup of day two of the festival, we review performances by the Rolling Stones, Public Enemy and Johnny Marr. I meet the man behind the English Disco Lovers, or EDL for short, who are fighting racism with the village people. And we'll hear from Norman Cook about his five rules for touring and his secret life as a bumblebee. That's all coming up on Music Weekly from The Guardian. So it's Saturday night. It's very late. The Rolling Stones have just finished. Uh, we are once again uh, behind the pyramid stage with me. Uh, uh, Kieran Yates, Hello. of course, who you've already heard from, and uh, Rebecca Nicholson. Hello, Rebecca. Hello. How? Um, what news can you bring us? What's been going on today? What have you been doing? I've been walking around a lot. Yeah. I feel like I've covered a lot of ground. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw Azealia Banks. That Did you good. enjoy Azealia Banks? I really enjoyed Azealia Banks. Uh, there's a lot to be said for a field full of people yep. shouting. Yep. Did you enjoy I her friendly stage manner? I um, thought she was she was ice cold. Yeah, you didn't like her stage manager. <laughs> I, 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 I thought she didn't seem like a very nice person. But she did say at one point, "This is a great accomplishment for me." Yeah, but she said it in the great, way. Well done. She said, it, she said it in that sort of tone of voice that you normally hear somebody say, "Your call is important to us." <laughs> Please, you know. um, but so, I did like her cyber dog look. Her cyber dog look was amazing. She yeah. looked like she was wearing a sort of inflatable green thing, costume thing, sort of inflatable. Kind Big of spikes. spikes on it, and she sort of looked like well, she didn't look like, but you know, it's the sort of thing you see somebody wearing it at the Stone Circle <laughs> <laughs> at like six o'clock in the morning while they're inhaling nitrous oxide. You, know, um, yeah, she, you never know. So yeah, but, but I sincerely doubt. I don't think Azealia Banks is going to go to the Stone Circle. <laughs> she doesn't have that um, good energy, does she? No, no, no. She bring everybody down. Yeah, but I was saying this in the review um, that it was nice to see something that wasn't quite so rounded off. It yep. felt very aggressive. And it did feel very aggressive. Yeah. I liked that. No, I thought it was good. I thought it sounded great. I thought she she was sort of good on stage. You know, she she had a great flow, as they say. You know, it was it was a very tight show, which is a good thing. Kieran, who have you been to see today? Earlier, I went to review Rudimental, and before then, Mr. Jam was playing on Extras, Mr. Jam, and he's got in the dance tent in the in dance tent in the dance village, stage, yeah. yeah, Sonic stage. Um, where, well, I was going to say, I think I'm like the youngest person here from the Guardian music section, but I was definitely the oldest person in the whole <laughs> dance village. Really? Yeah. At one point, Mr. Jam got everyone to do the Harlem Shake, and everyone was legitimately excited about this. That's fantastic. And he filmed it. I did film it. it does look quite good, but does still, it? yeah, it was, uh, yeah very overexcited while I do know what the Harlem Shake is <laughs> yes. I don't understand the joke right because it's the same thing every time yeah it's like the fast show in that respect well, they'll stop um, doing it when it stops being funny Alexis but it, but it isn't funny <laughs> it, it's like the first time you see it oh that's, that's quite funny right all these people are doing this funny thing um, and then they, you see it's like well I know what they're going to do now and they just keep doing it they keep doing it they keep doing it well, but, you, but you know it's just solidarity in this atomised world <laughs> what, you, you can, well, I'll tell you what, we can tell somebody's been to see Public Enemy. Um, <laughs> um, we'll, 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 we'll move on to Public Enemy in a moment. Uh, I went to see, um, among other things, I saw all sorts of things today. I saw uh, Jaguar Ma, who were amazing, I thought. Really, but they really sound good. a bit like the charlatans, don't they? They, they sound a bit like uh, the, the person I was with, um, this is a, a reference for, for uh, music fans of a certain age, <laughs> said they he got the impression that maybe their parents had had these indie compilations called Shine that came out. Shine 3? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Dear God. <laughs> Fireworks. Either fireworks or disaster has just befallen <laughs> Glastonbury. <laughs> on Someone's a scale. finally <laughs> dropped the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
so um, yeah, they, they they do have a definite sort of uh, early '90s flavour. They sound yeah. like it's something that Boys Own Records would have put out in about 1991. Um, I was impressed. I, I watched them in the company of uh, of the uh, famous uh, journalist and author Catelyn Moran, and the untrammeled lust she was displaying <laughs> it was quite disgusting. We it were was trying to work out who he looked like, and it was a cross between Johnny Borrell and uh, yeah, maybe it was a Tim Burgess. Thing. I think it, it was. He there was, was some just, sort of indie. He was every rock. every early '90s indie. Hearts yeah. rolled into one, but they were. Very, I thought they were absolutely brilliant. I really enjoyed them. I went to see Johnny Marr as well. Um, and I have to say, short of the Stones, which we're going to in a minute, the reaction when he played Big Mouth Strikes again was the most sort of vociferous and berserk reaction I've seen all weekend at anything. So there you go. He was even more cool. than two one two. Even more than two one two. Yeah, different, <laughs> different sort of people. Um, <laughs> Uh, and um, I, I, yeah, he was really good. I, I would actually rather hear Johnny Marr play Smith songs than Morrissey because really? his band are really good. He can sing, which obviously Morrissey, Morrissey can sing, but his band are really good. Morrissey's band are, are awful. Um, so uh, yeah, that was good. And that brings us to the Rolling Stones. It um, does. It does. <laughs> um, How was it? I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I did I, not enjoy it. You, but you I got know, there. I know. But, but I'm really, talk I'm us through what happened, it. Rebecca, because it's. Uh, it was quiet. Right, but we we've talked about this, and I believe it may have been the position the position of the wind. The position of the wind. But something happened where it, where we were standing, it was really incredibly quiet. Mm. When they started, everyone was sort of looking at each other in right. disbelief that it was that quiet. Right, 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 really right, right. To hear even at points, mm. and I turned to the person next to me who I did not know. Mm. I was box popping the general public. <laughs> And said, are you enjoying this? Yeah. And he said, no, not really. Oh, no. And so I think maybe we were just in a bad vibe corner. Or right. But something so even too embarrassed to sing along? Because everyone well, would be able to hear you. Because, it, yeah, exactly. You couldn't sing. Well, mm. for that reason, mm. everybody could hear you. But I just thought it was really boring. What did you, uh, The thing about this is, I, uh, this was also some people I was with. The middle of Midnight Rambler, which is not my favourite Rolling Stones song, but is an integral part of the. You know, you're not. They're not not going to play Midnight Rambler, whether I like it or anywhere else or not. Just turned around and went, "This is boring. We're going." And they all walked <laughs> off. And I was like, well, what, what? "I thought they were taking the mick at first. I was like, "Well, what? 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 what you know, what? What do you?" And they were like, "Well, they're not playing the hits." And it's like, "What did they not? Play? I don't understand what they. What else they could have played?" No, they did do all the hits. They, they did, did all the hits, hits and but more. I think I got carried away with the hype of it. I think and this is. I think this is what happened. The Rolling Stones is going be incredible and then I went and realised that I don't really like the Rolling Stones that much yeah. and I wish I'd seen Public Enemy I like you the Rolling Stones you look great yeah, just great. rub it in excuse me we're talking about whether or not I like the Rolling Stones <laughs> oh, much more important seamless link there um, no let's go <laughs> well I like the Rolling Stones I thought it was uh, brilliant I really I genuinely really really enjoyed it I thought but what um, about all the noodly stuff in the middle the well you know I think you know people keep saying the noodly stuff in the middle you're talking about one song two songs there were two that songs that went on for about three hours Midnight Rambler is really long it's better <laughs> It, it, but you know people sort of behaving as though they never heard this is like a really famous Rolling Stones song Midnight Rambler Keith Richards reckons it's the greatest song they ever wrote Keith Richards is wrong um, <laughs> Tumbling Dice is the best song the Rolling Stones ever wrote I wish they played which is brilliant but I just sort of thought well you know you're going to get a little bit of that and apart from that apart from Midnight Rambler and whatever the I think it was You Got the Silver I can't remember was the other one that there was a lot of kind of jamming on with Mick Taylor it was just totally fat free there was you know what I mean People were sort of complaining when they did an album track off Exile on Main Street, which is generally held to be one of the greatest albums of all time. Yeah, I mean, that's fair enough. No guests, though. No guests, which no. Which the big Glastonbury rumours of the weekend for all been about which guests they were bringing well, out. Well, sorry, a Gaga, I heard at one point. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um... Bowie. Oh, sorry. Who were you expecting? Like, who could Bowie. have... Bowie was the big rumour. Oh. Daft Punk. Yeah, <laughs> Daft Punk. 
<laughs> Daft Punk were definitely going to come on. Um, the people in front of us said, Bowie, Bowie's definitely happening. I hope Bowie happens to you. We're off to see Chase and Status. <laughs> I think they cursed it. Maybe Bowie was on with Chase and Status. <laughs> we, we've no idea. And Daft Punk. They were all and Gaga. They were, it was a very crowded stage of the Chase and Status. Kieran, you uh, went to see uh, Public Enemy. The Rolling Stones of the rap game. The Rolling Stones of the rap game. He did actually, I once interviewed uh, uh, Chuck D and he did literally describe Public Enemy as the Rolling Stones of the oh, rap game. I read really Public Enemy. Really like the Rolling Stones. I'm really curious to know what their take on them is because obviously Elvis. Well, yeah. Well, throughout the yeah, he's, he's a hero to most. Yeah. Throughout the set, they were bigging them up quite a lot. Really? Were they? Yeah, they were saying they were great. But interesting. Yeah, no, they sounded really good. They did the hits. They did "Don't Believe the Hype," which uh, kind of. Had off you went to see Public Enemy. They didn't do "Don't Believe the Hype." Well, yeah, it's true. But he kind of um, preempted that with the long, angry diatribe against. Uh, the two-pack hologram and was just like why the fuck are we worshipping these holograms we've got these great rappers don't believe the hype uh, which actually lasted a lot longer than but it was it was a reduced lineup of Public Enemy it was no Flavor Flav no Flavor Flav oh, where was Flavor Flav lots of people wearing clocks around their neck in the Crowd. Yeah, there oh, were. Oh, no, it's, it's just like when Shaking Stevens played, <laughs> and two blokes appeared with a huge, literally a door that they painted green, and then he didn't play a green door. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yes, no Griff and no Flavor Flav. Um, Flavor Flav is apparently on another tour, he was saying, so I'm not sure about not sure about that. But I wonder what Flavor Flav solo gets kind of like. said it in and out, I know. <laughs> loads of silences punctuated from. by him going, yeah, boy. <laughs> Good impression. Um, but yeah, no, it's great. I was I was saying earlier that Chuck D is really charismatic and, you know, great on stage and has this kind of, I think, this really nice kind of personable, almost paternal kind of thing going on. And then you listen in to what he's really saying and a lot of it is very angry. Today he was going on about uh, US immigration and how we should all fuck the government. And uh, yeah. How do we do that? It's not our government. We just, you just got to have a voice, you know. He yeah. said, could you tweet fuck me you, after? Government. He did say, you can, uh, he said you could tweet along with this and we can discuss this after. So maybe we can have a little round table discussion. I would, I, I I would really like to see the tweets that uh, <laughs> Chuck D gets from people at Glastonbury in about an hour and a half time you know, absolute gibberish you know I mean you think the stuff about the new world order that he was saying is gibberish I mean it'd be nothing compared to the stuff that people are sending him there <laughs> tweet, tweet Chuck D what a great idea it's a man that hasn't fully grasped what happens at Glastonbury uh, it's good though lots of mosh pits were breaking out in the crowd as well really? Glastonbury, yeah quite a lot it's not wow. really mosh pit music is it? it is I not really mosh pit music you know, there is kind of elements of guitar and stuff yeah, yeah. Um, the guitar, I forgot the guitarist's name, but you know, he was doing stuff with his teeth, playing it with his teeth and playing it behind his back. And it sounds very exciting. Yeah, it was very exciting. Yeah. Good. Did yeah. Keith Richards play anything with his teeth? No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, you I know. couldn't see because no, nobody, celebrities nobody could were see. On shoulders in front you, of you, you were blocked vision. by Sienna Miller. Was back. Oh. Thanks, Sienna. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> That's why you're bitter. They sounded great. <laughs> they sounded great. I couldn't see anything, though. It, it, yeah, well, you know, it, you can't blame the stones. <laughs> was she dressed? I noticed, I've seen some uh, some supermodels today. We, we, in fact, you, you're with me. Oh, we, we, yeah, we saw, saw um, Lily Cole. Lily Cole. Oh, and tall. I saw, Alexis observation. I was, I, I She's tall. <laughs> as, 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 as famous, really short <laughs> supermodels. Good um, one. And I, I saw Kate Moss earlier on. Uh, what a surprise, Kate Moss at Glastonbury. They're the only people that do that kind of, you know when you say those things, how to dress for a festival. <laughs> you know, fashion pe- fashion magazines, always do, yeah, you wear your festival. And obviously nobody really, but they were wearing the kind of things that, that very exciting. They're pioneers. Uh, 
they're amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Although now everyone is wearing denim shorts and hunters this yeah. year. That's and all we've seen. If we're going to go into fashion chat, beanies, woolen beanies in inside the tents. Yeah. yeah, inside right. tents. That's the Cara Delevingne effect. Oh, there yeah. you go. There was a man, uh, a man. Uh, he, I don't know what his name is, but he does the uh, beats, provides the beats for uh, Jaguar Ma, who it, it was sweltering. And he was wearing a bobble hat. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was, you know, dedicated, maybe Australian, maybe it's freezing to him, you know. Um, it's a look. It is a look. It? Um, let us move on. That, that, that's, from that's fashion. From fashion. <laughs> about which? From our fashion expertise. Um, no, let, 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 us, let us move on and hear from Norman Cook, uh, who's recorded many things, of course, under many different names. But recently he stayed away from the studio, spent more time in clubs, raves, etc., etc., um, including the sort of awakening US EDM scene. But he still has time for Glastonbury and how. Norman Cook is not playing once. He's not playing. He's playing six times over the course of the weekend. Um, as I found out when I spoke to him on Friday. I'm just dancing. Sorry, dude, I thought you were an object. So it's your 14th yeah, Glastonbury my 14th consecutive Glastonbury, which I think, if you count the fallow years, that's like 18 years I've wow. been coming here every year it's on. And it just gets better and better. It really it, You don't yeah. find your sort of enthusiasm for it diminished? No, no. It's one of those festivals where you kind of figure, if they didn't have the main stages of the bands, everyone would come here just to hang yeah, out anyway. Absolutely. And yeah. like last night, it was fantastic. None of the main stages were on. So and I already feel like I've had a whole Glastonbury and it's, it only started two hours ago. <laughs> um, so explain to me the concept of what you're doing at this guy because you're sort of doing well, a tour. A tour yeah. Well, uh, after having played uh, for this many years, I've played most of the main stages. And over the years, what I'd normally do is I normally play like a big show on the Friday night and then invariably end up somewhere dodgy and, and secret on the, on the Saturday night, which over the last few years has been more fun. And because I haven't got a well, big... Why is it more fun? I don't know, for me, it just, well, it just feels exciting because full t- doing something 14 times in a row and I've done the other stage and the pyramid stage and the dance tent over and over again. It's just for keeping it fresh for me. But also, this is that lovely thing of Glastonbury rumours of no one knows quite where I'm going to be. Never allowed to announce it because in case everyone tries to pile into one particular field. So there's always been a kind of cat and mouse game, which I've enjoyed. And I've realised that I actually enjoy the, 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 the secret gigs more than I do the main one. And having not had a hit for a few years, I'm not going to get on and do a really big production show. So we thought, let's kind of just do the fun ones and not do the, the serious ones. I do confess I nicked the idea wholesale off the two bears. Were we they did, doing yeah, it already? They did four two years ago. And you're doing... And I, I'm doing six. Yeah, I had to go that one. I was going to say, bear. Trump a bit, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Well, they're doing five this year, so... I fucking love But, um, no, I, I, I nicked the idea off them just because I saw them doing it. I thought, that looks like fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it just, for me, it keeps everything fresh because I'm always working out how to get to the next one, mm. working out, remembering where the next one is, readjusting my set for where I am. And, yeah, we've got one down, five to go I was at the say, you, start, you started last night. How did it, where did you play and how did it go? I played in the WoW tent uh, in the Silver Haze. And it was great. It was fantastic. There was my first Glastonbury moment, which was Zoe and her brother managed to find two Daft Punk helmets. And halfway through my set, just as I was playing a mashup of Get Lucky, they walked on the back and there was this fantastic, for two seconds, everyone in the place believed that Daft Punk were my special <laughs> guests. And they went, ah! 
Oh, of course oh. not. <laughs> but uh, and then Zo- and then at the end, Zoe like took the helmet off. I-, I didn't even know it was her at the time. There was a big reveal. So yeah, that's my first of many Glastonbury moments. Were you playing stuff that was more of a warm-up kind of ilk? No, no, no. no it been some of the places like the Rabbit Hole and. Well, all the other places I can't yeah, mention. Yeah, yeah, you're not playing, yeah. Some of the smaller places, it will be like kind of slightly more gay, slightly more disco-y, but last night was kind of, that's the big festival set. Right. And then, yeah, last night was the biggest one that I do, so that was my okay. me doing the festival set. So what was set. the biggest tune you played last night? What was the thing that really set people off? I think the mashup of, really? uh, mash-up of a, a girl off the internet singing a cappella of Get Lucky. It's sort of four-part harmonies herself, which I kind of drop over the top of things. Yeah, that was that was the biggest tune. And if I can plug my new single, Eat, Sleep, Rave, Repeat, repeat which we had them all chanting last night. What, what, you've done that in collaboration with... With Reva Star. Right. And, and you found some guy on the street sort of ranting. Yes. Is that right? That's the official story, Alex, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I just thought this, the, the phrase, eat, sleep, rave, repeat, which has kind of already taken on, like, on, on, on blogs and things like that, it's become a sort of new mm. slogan. No, no, and no. kind of, it's a one-size-fits-all slogan for a lot of people. Course, particularly Glastonbury, absolutely. Yeah. No, totally. So how is it working out for you? Because you're, you're, you, 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 last time I spoke to you, you were talking about sort of calming down the recording side of things, concentrating on DJing. How's that sort of panning out? It's uh, Until Eat, Street, Eat, Sleep, Rave, Repeat, it's been working fine. Uh, but that was just a little thing that me and, and Stefano, Rivas star did. But apart from that, I'm sticking to the plan, which really? is be a DJ, 75 shows a year. Wow. Um, and that's, that, that get, that's where I get my kicks these days. I'm not I'm not that turned on in the studio, right? At the moment, right? And I'm not saying never again. No, no, absolutely. I, you know, it's uh, at my age. It's like you do what what is inspiring you, what makes you feel fun, not what you have to do because it's your job. Sure, sure. And sure. and I'm really enjoying DJing. It's a great time to be a, a worldwide travelling DJ. I was going to say it's, it's it's an amazing time to be a worldwide travelling DJ yeah, because, because it's taken off in the states. It's taken off in the states. Uh, Places like Brazil and Japan, it's bigger than ever. And also, it's, it is just so truly worldwide because the internet, everybody, you, know, you don't go places and they expect you to be a band playing your hits. They've seen YouTube, so they know what the show looks like, sure. so they all come to see it. I, I mean, I've been playing places I've never even heard of. I've got, I've got a new one, which cool. is, well, there's, there's the five Fs of whether to do a gig, which is a fun, a first, a favour for a friend, finance or food and if it fulfills three of them I'll do it right and the first have been the most interesting so like just go, well uh, I went to Aruba which I didn't even know was a country is it it's, it's an island this is yeah. great this is great educational stuff here on the Guardian uh, Music Weekly podcast I'd never heard of Aruba yeah I'd heard of it I thought it was a city in Mexico <laughs> it's actually an island uh, yeah, we did Aruba and Costa Rica and Panama. Wow. And places I never thought I'd go. And you go, I go there and they all know exactly what you do. Really? Yeah, and, and they all just, yeah, very very glad you came. And yeah, Guatemala's our next. So I've been getting tons of feedback on the web that, that they're all going, come to Guatemala. I'm like, okay. It's, it, I mean, that, this, this is the good bit. I've always been a bit wary of social media, but it yeah. does kind of work because you can literally talk to everyone around the world. And how's the States working out for you? You're playing like, States, you, we're talking about playing Las Vegas. Yeah, I'm still kind of bemused by the Americans' take on, on EDM, or as they call it. It's got very American and very commercial over there, right. but it's, it's big business and there's tons of kids who are discovering dance music for the first time and having a whale of a time. Does it They're feel really like the kind enjoying. of early days of Acid House? It does, yeah, but, it, but American style. Right. Whereas right. we'd be in a dingy old warehouse, they're in a palatial speedway track in Las Vegas with the biggest, glitziest production and flame shooting 
shooting into the sky. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's done Vegas style and, and Ultra in Miami. There's some huge, huge events going on. But uh, they haven't got the, the mud and the dirt of, of Glastonbury, but they do have their own... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very Americanized, but like I said, there's a lot, the whole generation of Americans who, who never heard of probably of acid house or yeah. raving, and they would have otherwise been brought up on a diet of, you know, Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah, and they're, and yeah. they're discovering this thing, that loud squelchy noises and, and getting drunk and having fun, and it's fantastic. It's great, it's, it's the energy there is, is yeah. Is it? It, it? It's a sort of, because it, the way it's sort of presented in Britain, because we are quite snooty about these sort of things. There's like, oh, they've cottoned onto it. 20 years too late and they're doing it all wrong and uh, I must know. confess a couple of years ago I was a little sniffy I did <laughs> I did a residency in Vegas two years ago and they said oh it's like the, it's, it's going to be the Ibiza of the Midwest and I went there and it's like no it's just Vegas and, it's, yeah. <laughs> and, and I was a little bit sniffy at first but they won me over now that's good you said you've been coming to Glastonbury for 18 years what's your favourite moment my favourite moment I th- the Bumblebee outfit what the Bumblebee outfit it will, will be with me forever I did Lost Vagueness you know how some men, they're kind of like, inside them there's a woman who wants to cross-dress. I've got an in, inner bumblebee, and I just love dressing as a bumblebee, and I kind of feel very much more comfortable. I mean, I don't say I do it around the house, but I do have a penchant for, for dressing as a bumblebee. And I had the outfit with me, and it was, a, it was Las Vegas, it was the fun gig, it wasn't, you know, the main gig. And so I decided to, to, to do it. And no one let me, my, my manager and my wife and everyone saying, no, don't, please don't do the bumblebee thing. So what I did was I sneaked it into my bag, started DJing, and then casually after the third record, took my trousers off, then put the tights on, played another record, then I took my shirt off and put the, the bodice on, then the wings, then the balaclava, then the dealy bopper, antennae. And no one could stop me. <laughs> my manager and my wife were going, no, no. But I did, I, tra- I changed fully into a bumblebee and played the rest of the set dressed as a bumblebee, which is a very liberating experience. I bet, yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's sort of freeing, yes, freeing yeah. kind of thing. Yes, no, absolutely, absolutely. Norman, thanks so much for this. Uh, no problem, no problem. Okay. Thanks for coming. So that was Norman Cook. As we are recording, at this very moment, he is uh, on the Arcadia stage. Um, his latest single is uh, called Eat, Sleep, Rave, Repeat. Uh, it's out on Skint Records. <laughs> There are always, as we sort of uh, uh, touched on earlier, there are always rumours circulating the uh, Glastonbury site. Yep, last night was the Tom York DJ set, wasn't that it? That did actually happen, though. That wasn't, wasn't made up. But I don't think people knew about it, did they? It I don't know. It was a secret. It was a secret. I'd seen him. He was backstage wandering around. Was so, he? Yeah. Um, Backstage. I think that's his... Domain. Home, yeah, 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 yeah. Lots of, lots of people tend to hang out that's at the Have you heard any good rumours for tonight? Well, there's the big Daft Punk rumour. Yeah. Daft Punk are going to play at 2am at Arcadia. Yeah. They're not. That has kind of been a rumour all But Alexis, since you convinced me that they're not yeah. by weight of a very strong argument, but I've been spreading this around the site. You've just so continued just, after... <laughs> because I spent no, quite I've some time this afternoon. Argument. Oh. So if they do play, I'm going to blame you entirely because yeah, yeah, it was yeah. so convincing. Alexis, well, you, you explain your reasons. My reasons, the reason that Daft Punk are not going to play at Arcadia, right... They're certainly not going to perform live because Daft Punk's live show, as everybody knows, is this huge, sort of enormous production and da da da. And they've just spent eight years painstaking, whatever you think of the Daft Punk album, it's been painstakingly crafted. You're not just going to rock up 
at, like to Arcadia in the middle of the night and put a robot helmet on and have like a stylophone and, <laughs> and, and, and do get lucky. That's not that's not going to happen. Because if you're going to do that, you, sh- you would have come on with Nile Rodgers. Yeah, exactly. They, if they're going to do something, they're doing it with Nile Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't think they're going to DJ because when I interviewed Daft Punk earlier this year, um, they said they hadn't DJed for like years. So it would be very odd. It seems to me to be very odd that they were, you know, it would Unless be online. Zoe Ball, has, has anyone spoken to her? No, what no, What is she up no. to tonight? <laughs> <It'd> be <laughs> amazing. If She's like got the helmet. Fake Daft Punk appearance. <laughs> um, but there's always rumours at Glastonbury. There was uh, uh, normally a rumour that Cliff Richard has died. Right. That normally heard that goes one. round. Smartphones have killed yeah, it, though. That Smartphones have killed uh, yeah. the Glastonbury um, rumour. One year uh, I was here, this is in the, uh, the 90s, and... Um, it was when John Major was uh, Prime Minister and he, when he did the, uh, you know, back me or sack me thing. And because, you know, this is pre-internet age and uh, information gets into Glastonbury or got around Glastonbury a different way. And there was this brief and amazing period for about 12 hours where the rumour got around Glastonbury, the Tories had just had left office. <laughs> you know, and uh, that somehow it was sort of implied that the great cosmic oneness... <laughs> was, uh, Glastonbury kind of good-vibed the Tories out of office. Um, and then, obviously, you, you know, you, one comes to. And uh, that, that hadn't, hadn't happened at all. But normally it's... Uh, well, on the strength of all the lefty energy at Glastonbury. Yeah, basically, right. yeah. The ley lines. The ley lines. <laughs> I, after I saw... Azealia Banks today I walked past the left field stage curated by uh, Billy Bragg and uh, you know it is a site intended for sort of political debate people like Tony Benn serious political debate interspersed with music when I walked past it he was on stage with Phil Jupiter singing sexuality with lyrics changed to, best, changed to bestiality <laughs> <laughs> so then, and that then segued into the cover of Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now by the Smiths with the lyrics changed to I was looking for a dog and then I found a dog um, so I, I, obviously I'm sure there was a lot of serious debate either side of this but I was like oh there you go um, I do sort of hope that there's a better surprise slot than BDI at 11.30 here. you might find <laughs> That BDI is, is, is There's it. got to be more than that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I actually think that might be it. Because normally there's like, Norman's a band at the park stage. You know, in previous years, been pulp, radio heads, um, et cetera, et cetera. But I think BDI have filled that gap. You know, yeah. so to speak, whether you think they have or not. I mean, you know what I mean? Some great rumours today, though. When I was walking back from the park stage earlier, someone suggested that there might have been a very exciting, huge name on the John Peel stage at 2pm because it was TBA in the programme. Oh, really? <laughs> I got back <laughs> and asked someone who it was and it was Ms. Mister. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know, Kieran, you, you're our expert on all this. Did Wiley turn up? Because no, Wiley went mental on Twitter, he didn't did. he? Were you no, following the tweet? he appeared or not. Well, the, the, last one, the, the last one that he tweeted that I read today was, was saying... Now, everybody, stop talking about me and focus at the other people who are performing at Glastonbury. <laughs> so, uh, Can we just explain what that's about? Wiley, whose you know, Twitter feed is, is like, you know, God bless him, it's the gift that keeps giving, you know. Um, when it rained, you know, I, I have to say, you know, Wiley, the guy was a bit of a tough guy image and all this kind of thing. It rained on Thursday. I'm not coming, it's raining. <laughs> And was frantically tweeting, going, "Take me off the bill. I'm not. I'm not. Not well, coming." Well, it says that he tweeted Emily Evis saying, "Please, can you take me off the line off line up? I beg you." I beg you. I beg you. Um, <laughs> and then he put, "Festivals in nice hot places are sick. Not festivals pissing down with rain every year." Which, me. which is true. But then again, true. a bit like people complaining about what the Rolling Stones did on stage, you do wonder if Wiley has ever come across. Like, what does he <laughs> think? Glastonbury's normally, normally footage of people in bikinis. You know what I mean? 
It's not. We're not. I've seen in a lot of half bum though. This is the we were talking about this earlier. Yeah, but that's true. Half bum, the new half side bum. boob. Oh, oh, the, yeah. the, the so last, came. last yes. year's festival right. was very much side boob. Mm-hmm. Right. We're back to fashion again. I we did. can do a whole fashion special if, if you like. But no, no, yeah, no. this year half bum. Right. So tiny, tiny shorts with half the bum hanging yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very the big. Either side of the yeah. Thing. I've actually just noticed the jeans that I'm wearing. The, the, the hole you... has developed here because we might get. Because you you're know, trying to do half yeah. bum. Side ball is what we're going to end up <laughs> with. <laughs> <laughs> If, Such uh, a maverick. I don't care. That's Glastonbury 2014. <laughs> Sideball. Sideball. <laughs> Treat for the ladies there. Um. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry, I just put my. Just, I don't normally. I'll give it his words. I, I, just, I, just, I just stuck my hand in between away. my legs. And uh, I was just sort of. I'm not sort of manipulating my genitals while I'm talking to you. Um, we saw people in a sauna, didn't we? We Did saw, uh, well, uh, it was a tent with a man in it. And a child. Well, I didn't see the child. The child I just saw there was the a child in there as well. <laughs> it just said sauna. Yeah. Myself it looked like a tent. I and mean, the rest I don't of the Guardian music team saw quite a lot of penises last night. Really? How come? We went to, we went to Plock 9 um, after hours. And there was a disco kind of folk house type set, and it was lo- well, there was lots of transvestites and lots of gays and lots of willies, just exposed willies. Dance. Well, actually, real human, human willies. Well, yeah, human willies. Not like what I mean. I don't mean like, did you see like a horse's willy? Uh, what I'm saying, were they? They weren't sort of uh, uh, no, uh, uh, projected on a screen uh, to give a decadent IRL. atmosphere. IRL. They were on IRL men dancing. On raised platforms and so. What with their cocks out? With the, yeah, with their cocks out. They were out. rocking out with their cocks they're, out. They're exactly, exactly. It's it's Eye some. Level. Really? Yeah. That Poor Alex be, Needham, he's very tall. Kind of had a. Well, had did he have a health and safety issue? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Somebody staggers back in, you know. As, as people do at Glastonbury, you know, it's at eight in the morning and people still turn up with their eyeballs pointing in different directions. And if someone turns up with a black eye, what happened? What happened to you? How did you get that black eye? Got a eye? bit of sideball in the I'm face. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been battered by a sideball. I've been uh, been assaulted by a testicle. <laughs> it was just... <laughs> anyway, let us move on. Please let us move on. <laughs> to finish this week, away from the main stages, there was plenty going on in the way of contemporary art. It is, after all, the Glastonbury International Festival of Contemporary Arts. So, when the English disco lovers were formed by Alex, their head honcho, they have the abbreviation EDL, he knew exactly what he was doing, as he explained to me earlier. The English disco lovers started as a joke between friends. We saw the EDL acronym and we wanted to turn it into something positive to flip it around and take this hated EDL and make it something good. Something that people want to be able to relate to kind of joked around and English disco lovers was suggested. And so, sorry, the idea was what? The idea was that if people went searching for the EDL on, what, Facebook or something, Facebook. you would come up instead? Yeah, Facebook, Google, Twitter. We're trying to Google bomb them at the moment, which basically means replacing them as the top result for EDL. And this has also branched out into actually protesting at EDL marches. Yeah, we've been turning up to a handful of EDL marches with sound systems, people in disco gear. It's kind of been mixed because we're still in early days, so we don't have a particularly large 
group who will turn up. Mm. One of the best ones was in Brighton for March for England. We had, I'd guess, about 15 people wearing disco gear, strutting their stuff throughout the day. A large group of young people joined us. They were singing to the English Defence League members, go, walk out the door, turn around (laughs) now, you're not welcome anymore. Now, you've been doing uh, organising events as well. I mean, tell us what you're doing at Glastonbury. Well, we're being represented by Village Disco, who are a group who've been involved with our Bristol Disco Vision. So they've been involved with us before, and they're a great bunch. It's going to be a lot of fun. And they're hosting, what, a, a one of the dance tents, right? Yeah, that's the idea. What sort of reaction do we have from the EDL itself? I get a mixture of things, kind of real-life reactions, looking over the lines of police and seeing these incredibly confused faces. Why are they wearing wigs and why are they dancing? What's this music? Online, I get various inarticulate spurts of abuse where it's mainly swear words and death threats. They they seem to think that because we oppose them, we all of a sudden support paedophilia and things like that. (laughs) Right. They they, they don't see that there are things inherently wrong in their organisation and the way that they go about trying to deal with extremism. And because they're a group who claim to represent England... I felt that we really needed to stand up and say, no, they don't, and do it in the most British way I could think of, which was to take the piss. So the event at Glastonbury is designed for what? I mean, it's to raise awareness, It's a, is it a fundraising exercise? What, what's the point of it? It's more to raise awareness than anything else. The organisers who we've been speaking to were very keen to get us involved. It's very much a last-minute thing because we had been discussing it last year at a point when they already had filled up the, the line-up. And yeah, it, it was quite a surprise, really, because all of a sudden I find out, oh, we're on the Glastonbury line-up through Twitter and it's kind of, and, I'm, oh, really? and then I'm checking my email inbox and oh would you look at that I've gonna miss something and because we were talking about doing something in 2014 and it just so happened that Village Disco were involved anyway and because they represented us before it was ideal for us to add the English Disco Lovers Presents Village Disco mm-hmm. yeah it's more to raise awareness to have a good time to bring people together you said you had a Bristol division you have divisions in other parts of the country don't you? yeah we've got, a, we've got them All over the country, they've been started by various people. The ones that I'm most closely involved with are Bristol and Brighton, also some in the northeast, and various ones get started by people who are that way, inclined, motivated, whatever you want to say. 
Yeah, I think it's great. It's just a spreading of this really weird thing that's happened to my life. I made <laughs> I made a joke in a field, and now I'm <laughs> being intervo- interviewed by you. What a what a disaster! <laughs> I bet you wish, bet you wish you'd never bother. No, I think it's a wonderful thing. I think it's a genuinely great thing. I think it's a brilliant kind of protest in that it's a sort of funny, enjoyable, piss taking kind of protest. And I think you've picked absolutely the right music to do it with. That was Alex from the English Disco Lovers. After Glastonbury, they'll be in uh, Brighton's Boogie Wonderland on the 4th of July. Go and check them out. That's it for day two. One more special to go. In fact, our last Music Weekly until the autumn. Kieran, what are you looking forward to tomorrow? Vampire Weekend. Are you looking forward to Vampire Weekend? I am. I'm a fan. They're playing on Pyramid Stage Mm -hmm. at 6 o'clock. Amazing. And I'll be there. Uh, Also, Laura and Vula, because I caught a little bit of her set I saw her today. She was great. She was great. Just really musically interesting. Yeah, really Very great. left field, yep. quite bizarre sort of, you know, very odd music for what, yeah. yeah. Very beautiful voice. Uh, I spoke to her very briefly. She was complaining about her uh, uh, her tour bus because she said it's from the 80s and smelt like piss. Oh. And then they, they rocked up next to the, where the Rolling Stones were apparently and they were all sniggering and laughing at it. The Rolling Stones were mocking. Apparently so. Oh, man. <laughs> apparently so. Poor Laura. Where's their Glastonbury spirit? <laughs> That's terrible. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Um, big Nick Cave fan. Last time I saw Nick Cave uh, in Brighton, he just played um, uh, Coachella, and uh, there was a sandstorm. While I they was were there. Really? I was there for that. There was and, a sandstorm. Um, he was singing all of his brilliantly kind of gothy songs really? while the sand whipped our faces. It yeah, was no, so he, brilliant. He said it was, he said it was incredibly difficult yeah. to perform. But uh, somebody else who was in the the room with us, uh, I think it was a PR or something, went, "Oh yeah, you're at Coachella. Uh, did you go and see the Stone Roses?" <laughs> and Nick Cave went. No. <laughs> Why would you ask me if I went to see the Stone Roses? Um, but they're always amazing live. I, I don't think I've ever seen Nick. Nick Cave is a, a fantastic, fantastic yeah, live performer. Yeah, he's so great. Um, and uh, and a, a lovely man as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing him. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca? I'm quite looking forward to first aid kit on early on the pyramid okay. stage. Okay. Um, nice. Because I think on Sunday it's always nice to have that kind of sing-along-y, acoustic-y, yeah. you know, general... Sort of what, straw, Mumford? Straw hats. Did Mumford? <laughs> yeah, Mumford might do that later on, but first they get great. I, I really enjoyed that last album. So. What do you think the chances are of Mumford doing a cover of Get Lucky? <laughs> Imagine that. I mean, do, do we have to? <laughs> it might become a reality great. tomorrow night. <laughs> you never know. Anyway, okay, that's about it. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you very Thank much. Thank uh, Kieran, you and I are back. Uh, this time tomorrow we will our thanks also of course to uh, Alex from the English Disco Lovers and uh, Norman Cook as well remember you can get all the best reviews of the festival and all the latest news at guardian.co.uk forward slash Glastonbury my name is Alexis Petridis the producer is Matt Hill we'll see you tomorrow bye 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 for more great downloads go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio